The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! <laughs> Alrighty. Thanks for coming, kids. Good night. Is that the end of the show? <laughs> I heard the song. I thought maybe that was it. I thought maybe we were done. Hey, Tom Duggan here on the Paying Attention podcast every Thursday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon here, uh, here uh, high atop the Two Guys Smoke Shop in the Studio 21 podcast cafe. And uh, we have a bunch of things to talk to you about today. Um, for some reason, I've got this... Uh, just need to do a little production here. This um, this wire is just giving it's me bothering. Hard. Yeah, it's giving me a hard it's time. That collar is jamming it into your neck. That's not what it is. All right, so we're gonna get. Uh, hi, how you guys doing? You in the yellow car? Good. All right, just checking. Um, a lot of things to talk about today. Next week is election day. We've got an action-packed news week, uh, which has been um, which has been very bizarre. I feel like I'm I'm living I'm living George Orwell's 1984, and we're gonna talk about all of that. I'm sure. That since Paul hasn't been here for the last two weeks, uh, at least on the show anyway, that he's got at least one or two topics to talk about while he's humming over there to himself. I have a great topic to talk about that you're not in the slightest bit interested in. Uh, let me think. Abortion or God? Uh, no. Gay marriage? No. I mean, that's it. I'm out. Those are your three <laughs> topics. Okay. Then why do you have me on my show if you think those are my three topics? Well, those are usually your three topics. Uh, no. But I'll be, I'll be happy to entertain another topic if you want, Paul. Let's start with one of Paul's topics. Go ahead, Paul. Uh, the what Red, do you got? The Red Sox won the World Series. <laughs> you were right about that. I yeah. have no interest in that one. Four, I have, I have four to, games to one. I have to tell you, I didn't. I don't watch baseball. I'm not interested in baseball. I'm not interested in sports. Um, I kind of mock it, even though I kind of know a lot about it because I used to play. Um, but I have to tell you that for the last game, I didn't watch any of it, but I was rooting for somebody to steal a base because Taco Why? Bell – because yeah. Taco Bell – uh, made this offer that if someone steals a base during the World Series, they're going to give away free tacos. Okay. And so today, from 2 to 6, if oh. you go to any Taco Bell in America, <clears throat> as many free tacos as you want, because I guess some guy named... Now, is this true? There's a guy named Mookie Betts. Is that possible? <laughs> of course there is. Is it possible that there's a person he's, out there who... They get the this only... little baby, and the baby comes out, and they go, oh, what do you want to call him, Jim? Do you want to call him Sam? Let's call well, him Mookie. Let's call him Mook- Mookie? And maybe one day with that name Mookie, he'll be the MVP of the... Uh... Major League Baseball. Mookie Betts, really? Mookie All right. Betts. So listen, thank God for this guy, Mookie Betts, whoever he is, uh, because he stole a base, I guess, during the last game of the World Series, and we all get free tacos today. Other than that, really couldn't care less, so I'll let you do the rest. That's a shame. I just wanted to yak about it. I have yay. nothing to say about it. Okay, for. yay team. I mean, the, the Sox beat the Yankees, then they beat the Houston Astros, then they beat the Los Angeles Dodgers. It was just all so poetic. Three to one, four to one, four to one. Now they are. They won their fourth world championship this century. They literally are the team of the century. Wow. It took them from 1918 to finally win one in 2004. 
But since then, there's been four World Series championships for the Boston Red Sox. It's it's really wow. incredible. That's awesome. I'm telling you, <laughs> all is right with the world now, Paul. Yeah, and and no we have more, no more strife, no more poverty. And, and if you're the a, Red Sox, won the World Series. If you're a Boston sports fan, the Celtics might be in the finals this year. The Bruins are very good, and the Patriots might be in the Super Bowl again. So now, what, my, what could you ask? What else could you ask? Well, for? my 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 question is. Yeah. Who did we have to win? Who did we have to play to win the World Series? Was it like Japan? Was it Europe? No. South Africa? You know where that phrase comes from, World Series? I I don't know if it was the 19th century or the beginning of the 20th. When they played for the championships, uh, the championship, Worlds, um, I think it was called World Magazine or the World Newspaper or something sponsored it. And it just became the World Series. Really? And then people just thought it meant internationally the whole world. So now so. For, the, for the next round, do we play Mars next? Do we play the Mars series. Alpha Centauri? No, it's going to be the Solar System Series. Solar System Series. Yes. Right, very good. And after that, the Galaxy Series, right. once, we, once we branch out. And I do, I, do, uh, I do anticipate the human race branching out to other uh, planets. Oh, absolutely. Thanks to Donald I, Trump. I, I don't think They're all mocking him now, but 20 years from now, everyone's going to be looking back going, who are those idiots that were mocking him? I, I think it's about time. I mean, we've been on this planet for 100,000 years or two. It's about time we start branching out to uh, our neighbors. Absolutely. So yeah. is, is, is there anything that like we can glean as a society out of all of this baseball foolishness? Is there anything that um, that we can that we can learn. Is there anything valuable other than yay team? Um, yay, it's the home team. Yay. Well, that's you know we could do a whole whole show on the psychology of sports, which I have done on beneath the surface once or twice. But mm-hmm. it's it's really strange. It's like a region needs. I, I am totally caught up with it emotionally and, and intellectually. I don't know why. It's mm-hmm. one of those things. One of those rare things in life where I don't really fully understand why I do something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it relates to, it's just, just, just a theory, I think it relates to we are so ingrained uh, in war as a, as a species, the human species, that um, you know that whole fight or flight thing, if throughout all of human history we have always protected each, uh, ourselves and our tribes and our nations from other people and so forth, I think sports teams are, in a sense, taking the place of tribes. It's really like a tribal warfare. And... Um, that's why fans feel like they're, they're, they died if they lost. There's really a, a, a hole in the heart if you were to lose the World Series. Well, all righty. Um, I, I think maybe uh, we can segment that. We can somehow segue <laughs> that into something. Something. It's like you're, you're really going to die if you lose. It's, it's really an interesting Although, feeling. Didn't a fan dent the trophy with a beer can? A drunken fan? Uh, I, I didn't hear about that. I know a drunken fan threw their uh, beer at... Alex Cora, but I, I don't well, know. Why about the would trophy. you do that? <laughs> why do some people do anything? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have a usually. Usually, the answer to that is they're drunk. <laughs> usually, the answer yeah. to most ah. most of those silly questions is that they were not in their right mind. Um, you know, we're watching. Um, I want to segue. I want to use this sports stuff. Yes, uh, because a friend of mine, Ken Willett, who used to be an elected official in Methuen, came on my page this week and made an incredible point, and I think I may even make a column out of it, and I thought maybe this would be a good way to segue. So, you know, when you, whenever you watch a Donald Trump rally, I don't, do you watch any of the Donald Trump rallies? Uh, here and there, now and then, a I, minute here, a minute there. I try to watch every single minute of every single one of them. <laughs> I, I am just, I am just really? so thrilled that, I've, that I'm living in a time where a guy can get up and actually just say what he wants to say and say it the way he wants to say it and isn't going to be intimidated by the by the purveyors of the pretty language of political correctness on CNN and the left. And so, you know, 
the CNN anchors are all crying. They're all whining for the last two weeks. He says we suck. And Only brother, two can, weeks? Can you pod my, my volume just down a little bit? Just blowing my ears Only two me. weeks? Right. Uh, well, yeah. But in, in the last two weeks, it's been worse because somebody apparently sent a pipe bomb to not two. I guess they sent it to CNN care of somebody that they thought worked at CNN that doesn't work at CNN. And so now they're running around making themselves the victims. The victims, yes. And of course, you got, you got guys like Jim Acosta and racists like Don Lemon uh, crying. And he says we suck. And, and when he says we suck, it makes people go out and commit violence. And I started thinking about this sports stuff because while yes. all this is going on, the Red Sox are in the World Series and doing all this stuff. Right. And I, and I hearkened back to the last time I went to a Red Sox game, which might have been maybe 10 years ago. Okay. Uh, and I only went because my date wanted to go, so I took her to a Red Sox game. And they were playing the Yankees, and um, I think like in the first inning, um, the Red Sox hit two home runs, and the whole of Fenway Park started chanting, Yankees suck, Yankees yes. suck. Yeah. And I thought, wow. So people yell. So now, like, now back in present time, I'm sitting yeah. there, I'm thinking back to that, thinking, you know, I don't ever remember Red Sox players going out and sending bombs to Yankees members. Mm. I don't remember anybody trying to kill a fan of the Yankees because they're a Red Sox fan because they heard an entire stadium yell, Yankees suck. And yet CNN mm. wants people to believe that because a bunch of Trump supporters go out there and chant, CNN sucks, that that mm. somehow spurred somebody to send bombs. Ah, there you go. Okay. See what I'm saying? I was wondering where you're going with that. Yeah. So but because, because, because Ken Willett brought this up. He, he came on my page. I want to give him credit for it because I'm not, I'm not smart enough to have come up with this. But as soon as he said it, it brought me back to the last time I went to a Red Sox game, which was against the Yankees. And, I, and, and almost every time the, uh, the Red Sox play the Yankees, at some point during the game, people start chanting, yeah. Yankees suck. Yeah, and yet popular. no one's ever tried to kill a, a fan of the Yankees, a member of the Yankees, a member of the management of the Yankees. Nobody's ever sent a pipe bomb to the Yankees. Mm. Nobody ever shot up a synagogue near Yankee Stadium. So I'm, I'm confused as to how thinking people who are, who are mature and basically good, decent people um, can be fooled by all of this. Mm. How they can how they can watch, they can consume CNN and the rest of the media saying silly things like, "Well, if they chant CNN sucks, that spurs that's that spurs violence against CNN. Like somehow we're under attack." What's even more amazing is that the people on CNN lie every single day. And ramp up the rhetoric every single day that Donald Trump is a Nazi who wants to exterminate Jews, that he's a traitor to his country for Vladimir Putin, that he's secretly a communist, that he hates black people and wants to inter them in internment camps, Hispanic that he people. hates Latino people yeah. and that's why he wants to keep them out, that he's women. women, he hates women, he kicks puppies on Saturdays just for, just for fun. Puppies. And then they turn around and go, but look at the harsh language he's using. He's being mean mm. to us. He said, see, please say we don't suck. And then they had a, a press conference. It was great. They had a press conference where Jim Acosta, who really is the biggest whiny baby on television and the dumbest mm. guy too, says to Sarah, said, can you just say we don't suck? Can you, <laughs> can you just say we don't suck? Why Did he really say that? Why can't you say the words? And she, mm. said, she said, well, you know, I speak for the president and the president has a different view on this than you do. <laughs> and he's like, well, please say we don't suck. Can you please just say the words we don't suck? We don't suck, you know. By we way, really don't. You, we don't suck. <laughs> please don't think we suck. Can you, uh, can you do your impressionation of Don Lemon? Uh, uh, this is the president of the United States. Could you do that for me? You have to understand, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> This is the president 
of the United States. <laughs> Last night he went on and on the about president. how uh, about how Donald Trump. He did like a ten minute segment. At, mm. Like he's always at freak factor ten out of ten, right? Yes. On everything that the president does, like the president used his left hand to sign a bill yesterday. Mm. He's mocking people who are left-handed. This is the most <laughs> outrageous thing in the world. So yesterday, I guess Donald mm. Trump tweeted out a video of the illegal immigrant that murdered a bunch of cops, and then mm. laughed in court about it and said, "I can't wait to get out and kill more of you." And this, of course, is racism. And he went on and on how this everything the president has ever done, ladies and gentlemen. And he's got tear. Mm. He got a tear running down the side of his face because he's just so genuine. He's yes. just so morally superior. So to the genuine. Rest, yes. So morally superior to the rest yes. of us. He's got a tear running down the side of his face, and he's. You have to understand of all the things that this racist, despicable president has ever done, this is the worst. Isn't it always the worst? But every night it's the worst. Yeah. Like every yeah. night, this is the worst thing he's ever done, no matter what it is. This is the worst thing he's ever done. And I just delighted all of it. Like, I used to watch and get mad. Like, how could, how could people believe this? And I used to get angry because of all the lies. And then I, and then I started realizing that they're only freaking out. And they're going to continue to freak out every day of this presidency because they're a bunch of whiny babies that didn't get what they want. Their candidate, they're not mad that, Barack Ob- that, uh, that President Trump, they're not upset that President Trump feels differently than the way they do. They're not upset that President Trump is, is going to try to stop the caravan. They're not upset about President Trump wanting to put people at the border. What they're really upset about is that President Trump is president of the United States. <laughs> like, how is this possible? And Anna Navarro, at least at one point on CNN this week, said, because I, I watch CNN all day in my office just to keep my blood pressure up. And, uh, and Anna Navarro said, when is this long nightmare going to be over? <laughs> yes. And I, in, in, a, in, a, uh, in a really bizarre uh, uh, spate of candidness on her part, this is just a nightmare for the left. It's a nightmare. Every day, they just no matter, how, no matter how insignificant what Trump does is, it's freak factor 10. Every single day, you know interesting? bordering what, on 11. What happened to the, the Russia uh, hysteria? Oh, it's coming back. It's coming like, back? In, in between, right. like, there, was the, there was the shooting, there was the, uh, the pipe bombs. And mm. then there was a synagogue shooting. But in between, there was like this lag time where mm. they had kind of already talked about the pipe bomb so much that they had to find something else. And it was right back to Mueller and the... And the okay. Uh, but it's weird that we're now so approaching... It's their, it's their uh, fallback uh, story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's weird, though, Paul, that we're now in November of 2018, two years after Donald Trump was elected. Mm. We heard for the first week and the first month of the Trump term that he wasn't even going to get through the first year because he was going to be impeached, because he, he was going to be indicted, he was going to be thrown in jail. He's of Russia, it's Russia, it's all Russia. Well, I think they tried their hardest. Right. <laughs> and yet here we are in November of 2018, no indictments, no impeachment, not one single shred of evidence, much less proof, that Donald Trump colluded with the Russians. And yet mm. these, these, you have to pity them. I, I really do. I pity left-wingers who are still holding on like there's still there's that one thing that they're just still hoping. It's like that ex-girlfriend who like leaves her sweater at your house. Mm. It's like that one thing that like mm. maybe they can go back to get the sweater someday, hoping maybe mm. that one thread connection to you is gonna make you want to go back out with her. She, mm. You're gonna see her, and then something's gonna change. They have this one thing that they can hang on to, and then they have the panel discussions, which is the best because it <laughs> yeah. really is, excuse my French, a mutual masturbation society. Except for the one it's a conservative they usually yeah, have, they bring right? in this one like kind of conservative who's really bad mm. at, at talking, at defending. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he's bad at defending. Of course, they have anything, to get one of those, right? 
and and they get him on, and he's kind of Republican, but usually not. And like uh, like that, uh, who is what's his name? Uh, the black uh, gentleman who used to be the the RNC chair. Yeah, Steele. Michael. Yeah, Steele. Michael Steele. Yeah. yeah, you know he's he's kind of fits into that category, right? Yeah, and Republicanish. Then, but the minute he starts talking, five people talk yeah. over him because they don't want anyone to hear what <laughs> right. he has to say. That's right. So all all five of the first panelists yeah. who are all anti-Trump go, Trump's a racist and a Nazi, and he's a yeah. he's a he's a right wing Nazi and he's a left wing communist all at the same time. And mm. then he comes out and says, "Well, that's not really true." And they just all talk over him. <laughs> and they just they all they shout him down because that's what le- that's what uh, left wingers do. You know what you do? You should do. You should you should create an animated uh, show uh, of like a, a spoof on CNN or something. Yeah, yeah. And do all of those exaggerations. Yeah. And those caricatures that would be hysterical. Well, I was going to do my whole do com- I was, was going to do my whole comedy skit when Russo was here. I was supposed to do the comedy thing at Salvatore's, and I was going to do like half of my comedy skit mm. on CNN. Because it really is impossible to be a right-wing Nazi and a left-wing communist and at the same time. And yet CNN does it in the same segment. They don't even take a break in between saying it. Like, it's, he's, a, he's a communist who sold out the country to Vladimir Putin. Has, and, has Trump done anything good on CNN? No. No. For, for two whole no. years. No, he's never done anything <clears throat> good. Every single thing he does is bad. Everything. I mean, I can think of, of, of something good. I mean, like they say, a broken clock uh, is right twice a day, right? right. I can think of a couple right. things Obama did right. Sure. Right? I mean, you, you might not like him or his uh, policies or his presidency, but there must be one, two, or three things once in a while that they do that's okay. Right. So he's a Nazi who hates Jews. <laughs> there was a shooting at a synagogue this week, which hopefully touched all of us. Um, as somebody who attends a synagogue, it certainly touches me. Um, and then the president said he was going to the synagogue. Cue Don Lemon. How dare he? <laughs> How dare this man who hates Jews oh. show up at a synagogue? And then they try and find some Jewish person that hates Donald Trump to come how, out and say how, how terrible How in the it is. world could they conclude that Donald Trump hates Jews? I can understand. Because he says mean things. He says mean things. Uh, Paul, he says mean things. Ha- having a skewed understanding of some of Trump's uh, rhetoric regarding Mexicans and Hispanics and, 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 and the blacks, the way he says it, and, and women, of course. But how Jews? How did that happen? Well, but, I mean, How can he even skew something in order to conclude that? You'd have to get into the mind of an angry, psycho liberal, and I just can't do because that. Because he's, pro, he's pro-Israel. Um, he's pro but they don't, you notice how they don't talk about that. He's got a son-in-law who is Jewish. Right. And, and a daughter who's Jewish. A daughter who turned Jewish. And grandchildren who are Jewish. I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah, Ivanka's got oh. kids, right? Yeah. And so he goes to the synagogue and cue Don Lemon. How dare he? <laughs> how dare this man who hates Jews, who caused the synagogue shooting. By the way, newsflash, the guy who shot up the synagogue hates Donald Trump. Said on Facebook that he hates Donald Trump because Donald Trump defends the Jews. Now, these are not facts that you can make up, that you can misinterpret, that you can skew. But you can hide. But you can hide them by saying, how dare he? (laughs) How dare Donald Trump show up at a synagogue and divide this country more? And now I'm thinking, what if Donald Trump had said, you know what, Don Lemon's right. If I go, this is going to divide a bunch of people. I'm not going. You know what it would, it would oh, be then? It gosh, would be, yeah. how dare he not come and show yes. no his question. respect for the dead victims, There's no question. the dead Jewish victims. How dare he not come here? You can't, you can't take any it's of It's just more proof he's a, he's, a, he's a right-wing <laughs> Nazi. That's right. 
right? Okay, yeah. So I mean, I, I I love this. I think it's I think it, if there was a comedian, if there was if I could be like the right wing Stephen Colbert, mm. I would love that. Mm. I'd love to do a comedy routine on CNN. I could go on every single. I could do a show every day for an hour just on CNN. A whole hour every day on CNN. If I had a sponsor that would let me do that, and I guarantee you it would be the highest rated show of any other show. I don't care if I podcasted it from my basement mm. to five people. They would get shared out and, and a bazillion people would watch it because it would be hysterical. No. You can't make it up. Like, you, like in the same sentence, he's a left-wing communist and he's also a right-wing Nazi. Like That's like saying up is down. Like it, it, It's not even sensical. Well, I mean, progressive uh, philosophy up is now. <laughs> Do you ever watch uh, MSNBC or are you just 100% CNN? I'm 100% CNN. Every once in a while, I'll be flipping through channels because I've heard what, like, they're on their third hour of Donald Trump sucks. And it's mm. like, I've heard it all. They're just kind of, re- they're, they're repeating what they said the last hour for people who are just getting out of work or whatever. Yes, yes. And so I'll flip over to NBC and they're at least a little bit more creative in how much Donald Trump sucks. Yeah. Like they drill down more into skewing the facts. Like they'll okay. they'll go into the fact that well, yeah, he moved the embassy in Jerusalem, but it was only to hide the fact that he's really a Nazi. Mm. As if there are Nazis out there. His I deal, I'm dealing with this on online today too. There's this idiot Lisa Saad, Lisa Papalato Saad, who comes on my page and she's telling me I'm a Nazi and I'm a, I'm a, oh. I'm a racist. Okay. And I and I said, well, um, actually I'm not. And she says, well, you're just hiding it. I'm like, have you met me? <laughs> If I, w- if I was a racist and you came on my page and said, you're a racist, I would go, yeah, I am a racist. Now go fuck yourself. Because <laughs> that's who I am. I'm, I'm not looking at hiding anything that I believe. That's actually, anybody who's followed me for mm. even five minutes knows that that about mm. me. So do you know any Nazis out there? Do you know any members of the Klan out there who hide their racism, who are pretending that they're not racist? Mm. It, it, gives them, it gives them no credibility among their fellow racists when they do that. Yeah. Like people who are racists on the right are just as open about their racist racism as the racists on the left conceal their racism. Yes, that's true. Right? That's a very good point. I mean, the members of the Klan, they're I out think there. That, that, I think that should be a bumper sticker you or like something. like that? Yeah, that was a good line. Yeah, very good. It's true. You write that down. It's true. Nobody on the left uh, is open about their racism. No, and, they're, and the one thing that they all agree in is if you don't agree with yeah. them, you're a racist. Well, that's their trump card. I think racism is their trump card now. Right. So, so they can't... They can't be open about it. They can't argue the facts. <clears throat> um, they can't argue common sense. So they try and shut down debate by calling you names. Yeah. And then when you say, why are you being a bitch? Like, for example, that's kind of one of the things I would say, right? Because I'm a caustic kind of guy. I'm like, well, why are you, why are you just being a bitch? Or still take the racism thing out of it. You're just being a bitch. Why are you, you're name calling. Well, you just, you just said I was a racist. <laughs> what do you mean I'm name calling? Hello? Do you, do you get this? So I don't know, Paul. I I, I, I thought about hey. the whole CNN sucks thing, and then Ken Willett came on my page and said, "That's weird because I go to Red Sox games and they chant Yankees suck all the time. Nobody sends anybody a bomb. Isn't that weird?" And there's a lot of and it, over the years, maybe not in the last couple of years. There's been a lot of deep-seated emotional. I, I I'm going to put it in quotes, but hatred mm-hmm. between Yankees and Red Sox mm-hmm. fans. Now that's real. That's real hatred. I mean, that's that's really emotional passion hatred. Yeah. Uh, you're right. N- that I know of, no violence. And yet, almost every game, it's Yankees suck, Yankees suck from from yeah. the crowd, right? Isn't that weird how that happens? Now, here's the other thing. You've got this guy that, that sent the pipe bombs, and they're saying, oh, he had Donald Trump stickers all over his car, and so obviously it was from Donald Trump. It was Donald Trump's fault. Donald Trump is responsible for the bombs that went out. And by the way, he should tone down the rhetoric. <laughs> like, wait, what? Huh? 
He should tone yeah. down the rhetoric. What, what am I watching? Is this like? I feel like I. I mean, I, I read 1984 by George Orwell in high school. Mm. I read it again in college. I read it again maybe about ten years ago, uh, just to kind of refresh. I feel like I'm living it. Yeah, it's a I total like, bizarre world. In order, in order to be, according to the left and according to pop culture, the only way to not be a racist is to actually be racist. To attack mm. white people based on the color of their skin makes you not a racist. Mm. To come up with these ridiculous ideas that this Lisa Saad is promoting on my page all day today, that, that blacks can't be racist. Mm. By virtue of being black, you can't be racist. So I've got this new thing that I've been testing out. You know I like to do these little social experiments when I'm in a crowd, when I'm talking to people. I like to get people going. I stopped using the word racist and I started using the word bigot. Okay. I think it actually is working a lot better for me. All right. Well, everybody's running around using the word racist. And by the way, they're using it wrong. Racism is the belief that people are genetically inferior or superior based on their DNA. Okay. That's what racism is. Bigotry and prejudice is treating people differently based on the color of their skin or their DNA or their lineage. So one is belief, the other is treating? Well, acting? yeah, right. One is, one is what you believe and one is the way you treat people. Okay. So can you be a racist and not, and be, not, a, be, a and not be a bigot? Sure. Sure. You can think that black people are inferior, but treat them all the same. Be nice to them because maybe you feel bad for them if you're a racist, right? Yeah, I suppose. And you can be a bigot and just not like black people, but not think that they're inferior, right? Right. That's okay. right. But we use these words interchangeably because American pop, American pu- public ed- education in our university system has raised three generations of stupid people who not only don't know how to balance a checkbook, they don't even know what the words mean that they're using every day. And so when I try to challenge people, because I think I'm maybe a little bit smarter than they are on this topic, because <laughs> I kinda, right. it's like kind of my job. It's what I do every day. So I'm thinking about these things and discussing these things all the time. I throw out the word bigot, and you watch the corpuscles in their brain start to, start to burst. First, they pulsate, and then they start to burst, because they're tongue-tied. They don't know how to argue against you calling them a bigot, because they don't have a memorized answer for that. It's funny. Um, back... A few de- couple of few decades ago, bigot was more popular than racist. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. Like right. the Archie Archie Bunker right. days, he wasn't right. a he, racist. He was a bigot. Right. He he was ignorant. Yeah. yeah. So so bigotry was the big word. The, right. the, and then sort of around eighties nineties recently, it's sort of evolved into the term racist. Right. You know, everybody's a racist. And now now racism is the catch all mm. word for mm. everything. But I think we need as as thinking intellectual people as I think we kind of are. I think my my audience certainly is. Uh, I think we need to start being a little bit more succinct when we're having these conversations with stupid people, if for no other reason but to educate them. Because you really have to pity people. I Like this lady, Lisa Saad, that's all over my page today, I feel bad for her. Like I just want to go to her house and give her a hug. Like obviously your parents raised you wrong, and it's very obvious that you, when you went to school, your teachers didn't teach you anything about the real world. And I, I imagine she's a limousine liberal because, because her ideas are just so out of touch with the mainstream. It's so out of touch with the real world. I'm in Lawrence every day feeding homeless people. Some of them are black. Some of them are Latino. Um, I work with Joe Demore and, and I work with uh, Carrie at House of Mercy, and I work with Karina. And we go out and we do sweeps of homeless people to give them clothes and socks and hats and gloves in the, in the wintertime. I've never once seen any of these white people who are out there trying to help non-white people who are homeless, say, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to give you socks because the color of your skin is darker than mine. I've never seen that. And yet you have these concepts of people who don't live that life, who never spend any time in Lawrence, who never spend any time with minorities. uh, And they'll say to you, oh, you're not a racist. Oh, yeah, sure, you're not a racist. What are you going to tell me now? You have black friends. 
And I'm like, no, actually, what I'll tell you is that I go out every day and I feed homeless people regardless of the color of their skin. But I haven't seen you out there doing that. So maybe when you go out and you feed and clothe homeless people who have darker skin than you, then maybe I'll give a shit what you think. In the meantime, I just think you need a hug. <laughs> I just think you need a hug. I, I feel uh-huh. bad. It's obvious uh-huh. that these people's parents raised them wrong. I was raised. And, the, and here's the thing. Before we go to the next break, because I want to talk a little bit more about it when we come back. The thing that Martin Luther King and Donald Trump have in common against the American left is that they both believed that you judge people based on who they are, based on their character, based on their deeds, not based on the color of their skin, their DNA, their lineage, or what they say. And all of the complaints about Donald Trump is what he says. He says something that we don't like that could be taken as racist, therefore he's a racist. And I, I, I think that Martin Luther King is rolling over in his grave that there are entire generations of especially black and Latinos in this country who believe that you can't be racist if you're black and Latino, who believe that all white people are racist by virtue of the color of their skin. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the definition of racism and bigotry that Martin Luther King gave his life for, gave his life fighting for. All right, certainly let's, did. let's take a break. I guess Paul had nothing on that. He wasn't ready for that. Oh, no, I had, I had several things before that, but okay. you kept talking. I'm sorry. I interrupted um, you. No, I just interrupted my thoughts. I, I apologize. I wasn't able to talk. You're going to take notes. Uh, I, I talk fast. Notes. You do. Yeah. See, you talk in paragraphs. I talk in sentences. I, I agree. That's that's the difference. That's one of my drawbacks, and I, I certainly... See, Lisa Saad, I agree. That's one of my faults. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> When we come back, we're going to talk about birthright citizenship. You guys are going to be a little surprised on this one. A&M Auto Body. We got our friend Angelo over there. Angelo Memolo over there. He does great work on your car. So if you've got a ding in your car, somebody hits you, you've got a mechanical problem, you bring it to A&M Auto. He's on South Broadway in Lawrence on Inman Street. Angelo will take care of you. Um, so what's the address there? 341 Three f- South Broadway, Lawrence, Massachusetts. I don't know why these guys love me so much. I really don't. But Twin Lights, let me tell you how, how dedicated I am to helping my sponsors. The guys at Twin Lights Security needed an extra security guy to do private investigations and to do security for a certain thing in Boston. And they posted it on my page and asked if it was okay if they could use my page to solicit hiring people. And I said, you know what? As busy as I am, these guys... Sponsor the show. They sponsor the Valley Patriot. They give us $1,000 for the bash. I'm going to go work for these guys. So I called up Pat McLaughlin, and I said, look, you help us every single time we need something. Whenever I put out a call, you're there. If you need an extra person in your short, I'll take the night off, and I'll come work for you. And so I, ha- so I have been. I've been doing some work for them because they're helping us. And so there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to find a way to help them in the meantime. So if you need security or if you're getting divorced and you need a private investigator, if you have a business and you need a private investigator or security, uh, you want to call Twin Lights Security. They're based out of Gloucester, but they're very local. If while I'm driving around Lawrence, I get shot and killed, make sure you get my body to Perez Funeral Home because we do business with the people who do business with us. And he's on South Broadway. With the, it's the old Scott Funeral Home. If, you were, if you're an old-time Lawrence resident, it's the old Scott Funeral Home on, on South Broadway. Perez Funeral Home at 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. Um, you can, they do crematory services. They do all the stuff that they're supposed to do, right? And uh, Mike's a, a big fan of the show. He followed us when we go live. 
He's an advertiser now in the print edition of the paper, and he's now sponsoring this program. Perez Funeral Home and Crematory Services, 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. We appreciate him. Franklin Veloz from Veloz Auto Group. Uh, he specializes in people that have uh, maybe bad credit, no credit. Maybe you haven't had a job for a long period of time, so you don't think that maybe you qualify for a car loan. Usually, you know, they want you to have a job for a year or more. Uh, he specializes in getting people who have bad credit or no credit or maybe spotty credit, uh, getting them into a used car. He used to work for Charlie Dare's Commonwealth Motors for a long, long time, so he knows his stuff. I think he was the credit manager over there or something. So he knows what he's doing, and, um, and he follows us live, too. I really appreciate that he does. Every time I see him pop on, I'm very excited about it. And I was there yesterday to deliver his newspaper, and he said he's already had customers come in from us talking about him on this show. So we appreciate Veloz Auto Group. Go see Franklin. He's at 17 Mass Ave. It's right at the very beginning of Mass Ave on the Lawrence North Andover line. Nobody laughed at my bitch comment online. I'm very disappointed in all of you. Alrighty. I want to thank Mandra from the Writer's Block here at Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. She had me on her show last week. Is it, was that one of their highest rated shows? I assume that it might have been because I shared it to like all 15,000 people. Yeah, their Facebook Live numbers were way up. Good. Over the normal. Excellent. I'm glad we could do that. I want to expose people to her show. I think, uh, I think she and Debbie, it's Debbie, right, do a great job. Um, trying to help local writers, trying to help them promote their books, trying to uh, talk to them about how to market it and all that stuff. And hopefully some of the discussions that we had will help some of those people. Uh, Next week on the show, you know, next week is election day. And I don't want to get out of the show today without talking a little bit about the election. Election day? It's on a Thursday? Next next week is election day. Oh, Tuesday. I thought you meant next week from today. All right. But sometime next week, Paul, is election day. All right. Sometime next week, which is Tuesday. Okay. Make sure that we're, we're succinct for Paul. Um, Alex Talcott, a good friend of the show, uh, the guy that actually helped me get interviews with Donald Trump before he became president, um, like six times I got backstage to meet Donald Trump. It was great. That's how we got him holding the Valley Patriot. Uh, and Alex has done an awful lot. Of, he does a lot of stuff for us behind the scenes that nobody knows about. He wants to come on and talk about the results of the election, especially in New Hampshire. Hmm. And I don't think we talk enough about New Hampshire, and I want to start branching into the New Hampshire audience a little bit when we talk about local stuff. So he's going to be here next week. You are free to be here, Paul, if you'd like. But since we have a guest, I know sometimes you don't like to come. Uh, but uh, but he will be here next week. So, Paul, yeah, uh, you wanted to talk about <clears throat> the ballot questions. Yeah, something to talk about. And so on question one in Massachusetts, the question is, uh, should there be a mandate of how many nurses per patient, a nurse per patient ratio mandate, by who? By, by the government. By the government, right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, but, well, it's the people that put it on the ballot, right? People yeah. went out and got signatures. They put it on the ballot. This is not coming from the legislature. It's right. not coming from the governor's office. not coming from Congress. Uh, this is a ballot question to have a government mandate on how many nurses per patient you can have so that you don't have like one nurse ha- handling 30 patients. She's overwhelmed. Somebody gets hurt. Somebody is not being tended to because you've only got one nurse handling all these people. And I don't really know a lot enough about the healthcare business to be an expert on this topic as I am on some other things. But I, I can tell you where I'm where I'm coming down on this, although I'm still not sure. Um, first of all, all of the nurses that I date all think I should vote yes on one. Okay. So I'm leaning yes on one because, well, they're hot and I can't say no to redheads. <laughs> it's kind of my thing, right? And they're all redheads. Almost all of them are redheads, <laughs> yes. It's, it's kind of, I don't know how it worked out that way, but it mm. just did. Um, 
The other thing is that I've been in the hospital a number of times where I've had to ring the bell waiting for a nurse and then wait 15 minutes for a nurse because they're short-staffed and there's one nurse handling 15 or 20 patients and I'm in pain and I'm ringing the bell because I need pain medication and that 10 minutes is an awful friggin' long time when you're in pain. Like when you're in a lot of pain, 10 minutes is a long time. And I've, and I've, been, in, I've been in the hospital, I've had so many multiple surgeries I couldn't even put a number on it at this point. Um, so I'm leaning toward yes on one until, Paul... Mm. There was a debate this week between Jeff Deal and Elizabeth Warren, and one of the lightning round questions was, where do you stand on question one? Yeah. And Elizabeth Warren said, I'm definitely voting yes. And I went, shit, now what do I do? Well, There's no possible way that me and Elizabeth Warren would be on the same side of an issue like this on health care. Here's my concern on that particular Yes, the voice question. of Purgatory, Ed Sullivan. It's going to cost more. It just has to, right? So who do you think is going to pay for that? Well, it's going to be us. Right. So is it worth it to you to pay more? <laughs> To get to get a nurse to come in and give me my pain medication in under ten minutes when I'm in excruciating pain, happy to pay more. That's that's just how I'm looking at it from a patient's perspective because I've been in the hospital. I've got two metal rods in my back; they're both broken. I've had multiple multiple surgeries. I've had my I've had uh, kidney stones taken out. I've had my gallbladder taken out. I mean, I've had I've had I've been in the hospital a lot. Let's just put it that way. And when I've got to wait ten fifteen minutes or sometimes longer, yeah, I'm happy to pay more. If I'm in pain and I need a nurse right now to come get mm. a shot. Maybe you should have brought some bribe money. Some extra cash. In it for you. Right. Well, I, I guess there's a, um, a bigger philosophical question to ask here, and mm-hmm. that is uh, what role should the government have in medical facilities? Right. And private medical facilities. Right. Um, and if this passes, does this mean the tentacles of the government now will get you know, more and more involved in what happens in hospitals. And is that a good thing? Well, with Obamacare, how can, how can they be any more involved than they already are? I mean, we, we, we've, got, we've had a complete takeover of the healthcare system by government. We already have government mandates. We have government mandates on how much, uh, how many, how much drugs they can give you and how many hours they have to take to, in between doses. They have mandates on how many patients the FDA, you can have you mean. on the floor. Okay. I mean, you've, got, you've already got gazillions of mandates and people are acting like there's no mandates at all in the healthcare system. And if we do this one, it's the camel's nose in the tent. Newsflash, the camel's in the tent having birth to 20 other camels at this point, right? I mean, the, the government's already taken over the healthcare system. So is it the more camels, the better? No, I just think that <laughs> okay. if you – I think that – look, I'm a, I'm a right-wing, almost libertarian kind of guy on, on most issues. But that doesn't mean we should have no government control. Like, I'm glad we have an FDA that makes sure that the meat that I buy at the well, is isn't tainted with something. When I buy it, I want to make sure I don't die. Well, the question isn't about no government control, because you just mentioned how much government mm-hmm. control there is involved in this already. So I guess you're saying more government control when it comes to this issue is a good thing. On, the, on this issue, from the perspective of a patient, that's where I'm leaning. Now, I can be convinced. Mm. Like, again, I'm not, I have no emotional tie to this well, issue. Well, what about the whole notion of one, one size does not fit all? I mean, yeah, that sounds very liberal to me. How? I mean, it seems like a very liberal argument. One size doesn't fit. Of course, one size doesn't fit all for anything. But you make exceptions. You put exceptions into the law, right? For for whatever it is that, that like, if, say there's a say there's a, a terrorist act, right? And we have and and the I'm nurses sure. in the hospitals are overwhelmed. So you make an exception for that. I'm not sure if that's a good analogy. Um, there are certain patients that need a little care. Certain patients that need a lot of care. Um, if you just have a sort of a, a blanket uh, law saying that uh, a nurse can only deal with uh, three or four patients at a time, uh, you know, it's, it might it might cause for an awkward situation uh, that that actually wastes money and wastes people's time. 
you would think that the hospital administration would know best on how to deal with situations like that. I think the thing that pushed me to the yes side initially was I went online to the Secretary of State's website, and everybody can do this, by the way, and you should do it on every ballot question, and look to see, they show you what who is for and who is against each ballot measure as okay. far as like in that industry. So you've got the hospitals have spent millions of dollars trying to defeat question one. Okay. And it's the hospitals that are trying to defeat it. It's the hospitals that are saying nurses are against it. But the nurses that I date, they're all for it. Like they're all for it, almost all of them anyway. I think maybe one might not, not, might not care one way or the other. But almost all the nurses that I've talked to on this one-on-one um, all say that they're for it. And I look at how much money is being spent by the hospitals at trying to defeat it. And I say, you know, hospitals really only care about their bottom line. And if mm. they're working this hard to try and defeat it, maybe it's a good thing. Now, I don't know. Maybe I'll vote yes. It'll pass. And it'll turn out to be a horrible thing. But I, I, we still have a, almost a week, so I can be convinced. If anybody thinks they can convince me, uh, and please don't use, please don't try to convince me by saying more government is bad. You're supposed to be a conservative. What kind of conservative are you? That, 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 there is no absolute, right? There's no anybody out there who thinks we should have no government control is not realistic, and anybody out there who thinks we should have all government control is also not being realistic. There are exceptions to everything, and I think this might be one of them. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but I think this might be one of them. I wonder. What did I wonder? I wondered something about... Who wrote the book of love? About two minutes ago, I wondered something, and I can't remember what it is right now. So I'm sorry. Keep yakking. I apologize. So I think that's it on question. How are you voting on question? Well, you're not, you're well, in I, now. Yeah, I don't live in Massachusetts. I, I would probably vote no. you probably vote yeah. no. All right. Now, yeah. question two... I, I was going to say... I know what I was going to say. I wonder what doctors think about it. You yeah. said there are, there are polls about uh, hospital administration mm-hmm. and, and nurses. We haven't heard from any doctors. Um, I mean, one has self-interest relating to money. The other has self-interest relating to them, themselves, obviously. I wonder if a third party, like, like doctors... Uh, what, what they would say about I think that. it's a brilliant question, considering now that you bring it up. I don't think mm. I've seen any doctors on any commercials. commercials right. Um, and I haven't seen any doctors' associations weigh in on this. Maybe they haven't. I just haven't seen it. Um, mm. So it's a good question. I mm. I may even just leave it blank. Yeah. Because as, as somebody who's not really as informed as I probably should be on a question like this, maybe it would be irresponsible for me to vote either way. I'm, I'm, I'm still weighing it out. I'm not sure. Or, I'm not sure, and I'm plugged into most of this political stuff, I would venture to say most Massachusetts residents voting on this probably don't know either. Oh, probably. I mean, I, I would say most residents just sort of have a surface understanding of, of these questions and then vote with their emotions, unfortunately. But if you want to research it, you have a whole... Um, almost a week. Yeah, yeah five days. I've to, been to researching do, to, it. I've been more. And and as soon as I see something that says, "Okay, now I know how I'm going to mm. vote," I I go to another web page and it calls that into question. So I I just I mm. don't know. I think I, I right, just, you're on the fence. I just want to make the redheads happy. Yes. And so no matter how I vote, I'm probably going to tell them that I voted yes. <laughs> oh, so you're going to lie to them? Yes. Uh, when it comes to women, you always lie. You always lie. Always okay. lie. How do I look in this dress? You look fabulous, honey. You look absolutely fabulous. You know, that usually comes up in my ethics question, uh, really? my ethics classes. Yes. Yeah, the how do you look in this dress right. question. In fact, I, I usually bring it up. When it comes to women, you always lie. Um, there's a way to um, sort of couch the truth and maybe maybe answer a question they didn't ask. Like, I think you look great tonight. <laughs> like, if she says, does my butt look fat in this dress? Well, uh, wow, I really hey. like your hair. Yeah. Oh, look at your hair. <laughs> or you could say, you know what? I'm, I'm really in the mood for that dress tonight. You know, you don't have to answer the question directly. See, you know I, I, I used to just get myself in trouble by telling the truth before I got yeah. into a really long... I was in an 11-year-long yeah. relationship, 
And and I learned really quick that telling the truth was not going to get you yeah. anywhere. You're like, do I look fat in this dress? And my answer, because I'm a chubby chaser, was always, yes, I love it. <laughs> and then she runs to the room and she closes the door and she cries that's it, that's and she locks you. the door and we're not going out tonight and I can't figure out why. You wanted me to be honest, didn't you? <laughs> no. And the answer I got was no, right. I got yeah. the answer was no. No, yeah. I don't want you I to be you honest. you have to know who your audience is. In other words, who the person asking is right. uh, and what they're actually looking for rather than rather than thinking they're, they're actually looking for a straight answer. Some right. people aren't. Right. You're probably right. All right, question two, because we have to get to right. some other stuff. What is the question? What I'm asking you. Two? You're the one that looked it oh, up. Oh, question two. It has to do with what, Ed? Do you know? I think I do. What All is right. Is, do is that the one with the Supreme Court ruling? They're trying yes. to turn the Supreme yes. Court ruling? They, yes, they yes, want yes. To United the States Constitution. Constitution. Yes. Yeah. So uh, To establish that corporations do not have the same constitutional rights as human beings. Yeah, I'm voting no on that, because guess what? Corporations and companies are run by people, and they should have the same constitutional rights when they're acting as a corporation as they do when they're acting as individuals. Hmm. So if I'm a Catholic, Hmm. and I'm a cake maker, and I don't want to make a cake with a penis on it, because somebody comes in and says, I want you to make a cake with a penis on it, and I say, no, I don't want to do that, I should have the right to say no. And but it, what does that have to do with this question? Well, it has I'm, I'm not sure. They're, they're trying to overturn Citizens United, yeah. which says that corporations have the same rights. Well, as an individual, I have a right to say no. So as a corporation, I should have a right to say no. Well, why not just stay on the level of individual? As an individual working in a cake uh, uh, store, you have a right to say no. Why? Because you're acting on behalf of the corporation. Well, actually... And that's not necessarily, says- because if you have a constitutional right to say no as an individual, right. then the other, the other question becomes moot. It doesn't matter what corporation you are. Right, but I can are. fire you. You can still do it, but I can fire you. Oh, okay. So then you're protected from being fired. Right. Um, well. As, um, just, as just one example, I guess. That depends on what the corporation, of course, uh, uh, stands for. Right. Yeah. So I'm I'm taking your approach and leaving this blank because it's a really stupid question. Yeah, I think it is too. I mean, you're you going to so? create a commission to try to do something that they won't accomplish. Right, it'll never happen. There's the not Supreme Court be has a ruled. constitutional amendment. Right, the Constitution, the Supreme Court has ruled. And by the way, every morning I wake up and, and thank God that we have Donald Trump as a president because we now have two more constitutionalists on the Supreme Court, and they're not going to let any of that kind of that kind of blow well, fly. Tom, you went to school when they educated people. Right. What yeah. does it take for <laughs> to actually have a constitutional amendment, and is that even achievable now or in the future? Not on this, it isn't. I mean, you'd need two-thirds of the states. You'd need, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, come on. So, so well, this is probably uh, for the sake of sending a message to Congress. Right. That right. Liberals love to send messages. They yes. don't like to do anything, but they yeah. love to they send like, messages. Like messages. But do we need a commission for that? How about a sternly mm. worded letter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, can, we, can we send them a really nasty letter? All right. And question number three, I'm sure, is right up your alley, Paul. This is the, the, what, uh, the transgender thing. Uh, hey, look, if you are a guy and you want to walk around and you want to wear dresses and you want to convince your whole family to call you Debbie... <laughs> I got no problem. Listen, I, I legitimately have no problem with that. But don't tell me that I have to call you Debbie or I'm a hater. Don't tell me that I have to accommodate you as Debbie or the government's going to step in and do something about it. That infringes upon my rights as an individual. I should have the right. And by the way, having transgenders go into having a man who's pretending to be a woman going into the woman's bathroom, anybody who can't see the danger that there is in that, then you are, then you are brainwashed by pop culture. There's no other way to put it. Let me, let me just read the uh, question three uh, as it's written. 
The law adds gender identity to a list of prohibited grounds for discrimination in places of public accommodation, resort, or amusement. Such grounds uh, also include race, color, religious creed, national origin, sex, disability, and ancestry. Uh, a place of okay, so basically, that's I think that's the bottom line. Right. If a guy came, listen, and uh, I know I'm going to get hate mail on this. That's fine. If a if a guy came to my office wearing a dress and makeup and mm-hmm. said he wanted to work for me, I wouldn't hire him. Sorry, yep. you can't work for me because you represent the Valley Patriot, and I don't want a guy who looks like a freak. Sorry, going out into the world representing my newspaper and everywhere you go people looking at you as if you're a freak because you are and and thinking that the valley patriot supports that kind of silliness i just don't want it mm. and again if you want to do it that's fine i have a i have a very good friend whose son is a transgender he's very upset with me on this topic and i'm like listen i'm not going to treat your son any differently he's your son i respect him he's your son and 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 if out of deference to you you want me to call him debbie or sarah or whatever he's going by today I mean, I'm happy to do that for the sake of peace because I, I just I, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm not about attacking or judging anyone. Um, but but don't tell me that he has a right for me to have to hire him, or that he has a right to go into a woman's bathroom. Yeah, I think or, that's that, a- or that the government's going to punish me for not calling him Debbie or Sarah because that's actually anti-constitutional and anti-American. And I think that's what this law is saying that it wants to do. This law prohibits discrimination based on gender identity. Right. And right. what the heck does that mean? Right. Um, you know, are you are you now? Uh, do you have to use the the opposite pronoun? I love this. Do you have to uh, enable them to go into your you know your women's bathrooms? All of those questions are. What does it mean to discriminate? Right. But based on their identity. So I self-identify as a black man. So everyone every time someone calls me a racist. Mm. I just use the language of liberals. Yeah, and go, but I'm, but I'm a black man. I can't be racist. Yeah, you identify. As I self identify as a black man. How can I be racist? You just finished telling me that blacks can't be racist, right? I don't know. So I'm voting no. I'm voting. I don't know how I'm voting on one, but I'm voting no on two, and I'm voting no on three. Paul, I would probably vote no on one, no on three, and so no on two. Yeah, I think so I think I'll just vote no across the board. I think most people are just going to vote no on everything. Yeah. I mean, every time I go on Facebook and say I'm thinking of voting yes on one, I get attacked. <laughs> How can you say that? Listen, I have a different opinion than you, and, and maybe I don't have a different opinion than you. I'm just kind of leaning in one direction, um, but let's see how it shakes out. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. All I know is the only thing I really know for sure is that I'm going to lie to the woman that I'm dating. I'm going to say that I vote <laughs> yes no matter how I vote. Because I don't want them mad at me. Mm. You don't want a redhead mad at you. That is such a good foundation for a relationship. To <laughs> I think it's awesome. Lie. It works yes. for me. Yeah. And every other has it worked for you? It how old are you now? Are you still single? Or? Right. By by choice. That's that's how it works. Okay. I'm, I'm dating five different women, Paul. How many are you dating? I'm, I'm dating one. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You're one of the prosecution rests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How did that? And work I'm not out? just dating her. I'm living. So with I've got her. one more thing. There's another thing in the news, Paul. We got about ten minutes left, and. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stray from my conservative values once again on right. birthright citizenship. Okay. Donald Trump is right a hundred percent when he says that the Constitution yes. does not the Fourteenth Amendment does not say that just because you get to America and have a baby that that baby is automatically a U.S. citizen. Yes. Because the Constitution clearly states that they have to be subject to the to the uh, to the uh, laws of this country. I'm paraphrasing because it's not in front of me. On the other hand, I think what he's doing is wrong. He can do it. 
all of all of the no, CNN, try it. all the CNN pundits and you know uh, Don Lemon. This is terrible. It's racism. It's terrible. Instead of arguing the merits of the case, because I can actually make both sides. Mm. On the one hand, yes, he can do it. I'm not sure if it's by executive order or through the Congress, but he can. The question is, should he do it? And I'm I'm not too sure he should. I. I I agree and disagree. Yeah, I, I actually have the opposite. I think he should, but I don't think I'm not sure if he can. Really? Yeah. But go ahead, make your argument. So my argument is this: you know, if someone sneaks into America over the Mexican border, the Canadian border, maybe they raft here from Ireland. I don't care where they come from, and they have a baby on American soil. That baby should be an American. Now, if you want to stop the problem that we're really having, which was Donald Trump, Donald Trump last night outlined. That the problem is they come over here, they drop an anchor baby, and because of chain migration, their whole family now gets to come here, right? That's the real problem. So the real solution is stop chain migration. So if someone from Mexico sneaks into the United States and the woman is pregnant, say she's nine months pregnant, and the day she gets here, she has her baby, that baby's an American citizen. But sorry, you've all got to go back home to Mexico. When that kid turns 18, if he wants to come back here and become an American citizen and part of our society... We'll welcome him with open so arms. So leave the, leave the amendment the way it is, uh, but make a law regarding that. Right. Make a law regarding uh, birth tourism. You know, people who come here from Muslim countries on, uh, I'm using air quotes, vacation while they're pregnant, and then they drop a kid here. And then all of a sudden, that kid's an American citizen, which means they get to stay through chain migration. They get to bring their uncles and their cousins and everybody else over here. I think the real problem is chain migration. If someone wants to come here, and they want to drop a baby. They still got to go home. Their family still can't come here. But when that baby turns 18, if they want to come and they want to be part of the American culture, we'll be happy. Well, to how could they go home without their baby? No, they could take the baby with them. Oh, okay. Well, baby can't – unless they want to leave the kid here. <laughs> All right. So, so the baby goes home with them, obviously. Right. And, but the baby is an American citizen? Right. Is that what you're saying? Right. When so the, when the baby is 18, then the baby can come back here as a citizen. Sure. And um, and the mo- and the parents can visit them anytime they, they want. They could visit, right. maybe, yeah. if we let them. All right. If we Okay. You know, but they're not going to become American citizens, and it's going to stop this chain migration. It's two problems, really, right? And I think that just by having one broad stroke and saying, let's just get rid of all birthright citizenship, I see that as a slippery slope. Imagine Trump does this, and 10 years from now, we get a a President Elizabeth Warren, and suddenly it's, you're the grandson or the great-grandson of an illegal alien who came here from Ireland, from Mexico, from wherever – and suddenly, you're not a citizen. Like you can see how they can bastardize Clar- this. Clarify this for me: is is Donald Trump trying to get rid of birthright citizenship across the board? He, he's trying to nullify the Fourth Amendment. He's, well, what he's trying to do is he's trying to. What he's saying is that the Fourteenth Amendment doesn't give you the right to citizenship simply because you were born on American soil. If you were born on American soil to illegal aliens. Oh, two illegal aliens. Right. Okay, so it's not across the board. Or even guests, right? If someone okay. comes on vacation and they're pregnant and they drop a kid while they're right. here. That's what I thought. That doesn't make sense. So, so he's not trying to nullify the 14th Amendment per se. He's just trying to, uh, trying narrow, to enfor- narrow it. Right, he's trying to enforce it as written. Enforce it as intended. Right. And that's the problem because it's written in a way that's blanket. He, he's saying, wait a minute, uh, we have to understand what's intended here. And that's what he's saying. So, so a law will enable him to... Say no birthright citizenship for illegals. Right, it's basically, su- that's what he wants. Subject to the jurisdiction thereof. Okay. That you, if you are born in the United States yeah. uh, and subject to the jurisdiction thereof, then you are a citizen. Now, for the last I don't know thirty, fifty years, um, we we as a country have just welcomed anybody who's born here, and that's worked out okay for us. I don't think it's been, I don't think it's really think, been yeah. up until recently a very big problem. 
But now with the internet, with the advent of more planes, with more travel, it's easier to travel, it's faster to travel. Now we have people coming here from countries that hate us, like uh, like Jordan, like Saudi Arabia, who come here and they have, while their wives are pregnant, maybe they got 13 wives and they're all pregnant, right? And they all come here and they all drop a kid. And then the next thing you know, you've got a thousand people from Jordan coming to the United States saying, yeah, you got to let us come. You got to let us. You got to yes. let us immigrate here. So I think I think really the problem is chain migration. If you got rid of chain migration, this would isn't even an issue, right? Someone comes across the border, they drop a kid. Fine, the kid's an American citizen, but the kid can't fend for himself. So you got to go home. If you want to leave the kid with a family member, that's fine because the kid's an American citizen. But that's up to you. You can leave with the kid and he can come back when he's eighteen, or you can leave the kid with a family member, and I'm okay with that too. I think it's. You know, just to take a half a step back, I, I think it's kind of a silly amendment in the first place. I mean, why should it doesn't make sense that somebody just because they're born here should be a citizen automatically? I and my just just looking at it, I mean, if you were if you're born, say you were you were uh, living, your family was living in Lawrence, and you were born in North a North Andover hospital, does that necessarily make you uh, a citizen of North Andover? It doesn't. Your parents live in Lawrence, and you are a part of your parents' mm-hmm. authority. Mm-hmm. So it seems to me, just just following logic and reason, and the way that we the way that we work with families, that the child born here is actually should be the citizen of the, the country, country in which from. the parents, yeah, live. Right. No, I, I I agree. Here's what's going to happen. But it's an amendment, so so you got to deal with the amendment. Right. Here's what's going to happen. What's going to happen is Donald Trump is going to sign an executive order saying that. Uh, A, there's no more chain migration, which is going to be tremendously awesome for our country. And B, that he's going to end the birthright citizenship to illegal aliens and people who are doing birth tourism. And then it's going to be appealed by every liberal in the country who's going to yell and scream Mm. racism. Right. Even though it applies to everybody, right? It applies to white people, black people. But they'll still cry racism because they don't even know what the word means. And and it will go to the Supreme Court. Yeah. And the Supreme Court, which now has a majority of, of constitutionalists who actually will read the Constitution... And see what it says. And they will also go back to the person who wrote the amendment who said that this, this does not cover illegal aliens. He actually specifically said that during the debate of the 14th Amendment. Hmm. And they will rule in favor of Donald Trump. And so the liberals will then I'm... yell and scream even more that the Supreme Court needs to be done away with. We need to stack the state. They'll, they'll, right. they'll, they'll do all these other arguments. But at the end of the day, Donald Trump's going to get his way. On this one, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure if the... Um all of the conservative justices will vote lockstep and, and, uh, with each other. I mean, it, because it, it can easily be seen as no, this is this is constitutional, and and you can't you can't. Uh, play but it with says it. subject to the jurisdiction thereof. It's very clear. I mean, it's very it's not ambiguous at all. It says subject to the jurisdiction thereof. So if someone's not here with our permission, if they're not here with our grace, then they are not here subject to our jurisdiction, and that kid is not a um, uh, is not an American citizen. The, and again, I'm against that, but I think the parents are I not here. Gonna, right. The parents are illegal, but right. is the child illegal? Um, under the Fourteenth Amendment, no. It's just been interpreted right. wrong for okay. the last. Donald well, Trump's we'll argument is that it's been interpreted right. wrong for the last fifty years. I agree with him on that. I just mm. think, I just think, the disease, the cure is worse than the disease. I think the real cure is get rid of chain migration. A lot of these Supreme Court justices are supposedly very pro stare decisis and um, and uh, precedent uh, right. oriented. So fifty years of interpreting uh, uh, an amendment one way might be all they need. Right. So uh, Michelle Janine I, says CNN is going to have a full uh, meltdown when that happens, <laughs> and she's right. I don't think any of the liberal justices, of course, will will go off their 
reservation on this, but I'm not sure about all of the conservative ones. We'll see. I, th- I think it's awfully interesting. We have a big uh, election next week. I think the Republicans maintain control of both the House and the Senate. Really? And, and when they do, I think CNN is going to go into full freakout mode that America is now racism. This is not the country we were born in. He's president of the United States. <laughs> and they're going to just, and now it's going to be freak factor 10 for the next two years. And the more they double down on this stuff, the more Trump has a chance of getting reelected. Absolutely, he does. Right. On our way out, we want to remind you Kim needs a kidney. She's in the hospital. She needs prayers. Kim Anderson, a good friend of the show. Uh, if you are interested in helping her, kimkidney1960 at gmail.com. I want to thank all of our sponsors. Make sure you vote. If you are informed about these things, make sure you vote on Tuesday. If you're not informed, if you don't know what a state rep does, please stay home. Please stay home. We don't need uninformed voters going out and just voting for someone because they have the same kind of last name they do or what neighborhood they come from. It just really kind of screws up our process. We don't need stupid people voting. So if so, research the candidates, research what their, what their offices are and what they do, and then please vote. If you're not going to do that, stay the hell home. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.